I'm Joshua Simon. I'm Sam Joe. And we are the, the SG Boys. That little gay podcast from Singapore. Subscribe and find us on Instagram at the SG Boys. So much has happened since we last did an episode on the SG Boys podcast. Beyonce is having a renaissance. Britney Spears and Elton John just released a new single. And Section 377A has just been repealed. In that order. (laughs) (laughs) While we have 377Bay with us, Kennedy is back on the SG Boys podcast for a minute. Why don't we all catch up? I think it's long overdue. A little reunion on how everyone's been doing. I feel like I have so many questions for each of you, starting with Sam Jo though, because I, I see more Jojo Sam Claire than Sam Jo these days. Your Instagram is just wild. It's you on a bar with a vacuum cleaner, cleaning out while everyone is trying to drink. But of course, I got it. It was to Queens, I Want to Break Free. Referencing the video. Thank you so much. Yes. Right? Same, same generation. Yeah. <laughs> And Kennedy Sorry, and I, just, I, I let out an audible gasp. Because <laughs> Kennedy was in the audience that night and he totally didn't get it. He thought it was yeah, just Yeah, I, I, I didn't get the camp. reference. But no, yeah. but I, I appreciated the camp. Yeah. Thank you. You're educating welcome. the next generation. But Kennedy and I actually saw you at Riot. I think that's hosted by Becca DeVos. Someone yep. who's been on the show. Um, not only a phenomenal drag queen, but also an entrepreneur. Mm. So She's go, a mogul. There you go. Go check her out on Instagram. <laughs> we saw you and... You know, there's a level of like, oh my gosh, we love you, Sam Joe, but we're also kind of nervous because we're your friend. We see you in drag. We hope that you're good. I'm rooting for you, but also because you're so new to drag, I don't know how you're going to be on stage, right? And you blew it out of the water. Yeah, okay, we can work on the makeup and the outfits, you know, but like... (laughs) Somehow that sounded really shady. It was like... It was a read. You know, like, you remind (laughs) me... The library is officially open. I feel like I'm catching you at at sort of that Shangela right at the start where there's a charm about you. Even though we can tweak all these things, we can polish it, but there's something in there that we're feeling that's like, oh my God, this is an energy, a force we reckon with. Because every set, like, one time you dressed up as a tortoise. Slow. Right, to Kylie Minogue, slow. Yeah. So, like, you're not just lip-syncing, it's a whole sort of performance art, and and you tie in, like, tradition from Singapore as well. There was this sort of jealous wife, I think there's a storyline, where she's putting a curse on this man who wronged her, and I'm, like, watching this entire story from your performance and all your emotions, you try with every single set piece to do something different. Thank so, you. Yeah, I'm, I'm like a it. fan now of Jojo Sam Claire. Thank you. I've, I've actually grown up a lot also, ever since... You know, I started waiting to drag and I feel very heartened to like have gotten to know more queens over the past few months who have shown a lot of love and support. A lot of them have been in the game for like the longest time. I will say we have a lot of talented queens. I'm not talking about myself. All these other people, please, if you have time and you're looking for something else to do on a Saturday night, go check out Riot at Hard Rock Cafe, for instance. And many other drag shows and drag performances that are popping up at different parties at different bars. Vendor, Miss Joking, for instance, is doing a drag open mic every Sunday. So many opportunities to catch and support local drag talent. So please go out there and it's always a riot. I mean, I used to think, you know, all drag is just RuPaul's Drag Race. It's just because that's the most mainstream, right? But the first time I went to Riot and I saw you, I was I really was blown away by all the talent that everyone displayed. I think my personal favorite from Riot was um, Kak Nina Boo. 
Hey Nina. Wait, was this the French number? She did a French number, but um, what impressed me the most was when she did a Bollywood version of Born This Way. Yeah. Oh, and right. she incorporated very strong Indian classical dance movements. Yes. And I, I, I just thought that that was so beautiful because sometimes people like to accuse us of being not Asian enough. Marrying those cultures together was like really, really beautiful. Yes. Like yeah. the movements were so powerful, but at the same time, they were so elegant. And I mean, the humor and the name, it, I mean, it speaks for itself. Kak Nina Bu. Right? <laughs> yeah. By the way, Nina listens to our podcast. So, <gasps> hey, Nina. Yeah. Hey, Nina. Love you. <laughs> and she's just a legend. La. And I think when you see a drag queen performing on stage, like, it can seem very intimidating. Backstage, she's seriously one of the nicest, like, most giving people. Not even just queens. Like, people I've ever known. And she's given me so much advice. And it's just, like, has such a maternal vibe about her. And I just love her. And I'm so glad that you brought her up. Because, yeah. like, she's amazing. To quote the Scarlet Witch, I'm not a monster. I'm a mother. <laughs> like I love it. I love it when a drag queen brings their culture into a performance, right? Into their identity. Like Brown Sugar Biscuit is one. Opera Tang is another phenomenal. Wonder Snatch. And in that same performance in Riot, um, Sapphire Blast also did a Malay song. It yes. was so good. I just really love the the diversity of cultures that day. Like I just I, I got to see everything, you know, from um Sam Joe, uh, Jojo Sinclair. Yeah. <laughs> Get it right. You gotta get it right. Get it right. From Jojo Sinclair, you know, being like an old superstitious lady. For that performance, I was actually paying homage to my Peranakan roots, right? Oh. Um, that's why I was dressed up as a little Nonya who was like, um, Hell Hath No Fury, like a woman's wrath. Yeah. And so the song that I did was Rachel Stevens of S Club 7 fame, um, her solo single, Sweet Dreams, My Alley X. So yes. it's about giving the finger to her ex and basically it's like, I don't need you. I think it's beautiful that you're showing another side of Peranakan culture. That's how I was dressed up as a little Nonya and everything and I wore the kabaya and all that, which by the way, I got from Jensen's mom. Do you remember Jensen yeah, from our sex episode? Yeah. <laughs> so that's actually his mom's kabaya. I wanted to pay tribute also to my grandma who herself was once upon a time a little known, yeah? And so actually the pins that I wore were actually hers. Wow. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's beautiful. My late grandmother's, yeah. So, Mama, if you're listening, I miss you. How's for you? I don't know if it's intrusive for me to ask. It's no secret that you're a drag queen now, right? When we started this podcast, there was the challenge of coming out to your family. And also when it came to like media opportunities and stuff, you had to be very careful about putting yourself out there. And now you're out, out. And not just for yourself, but you're also helping people as well come to their own, right? I bet it's no surprise to your friends who have always seen this Sam Joe. Say your family? How's that been? Uh, my family has been good in the sense that, you know, I have a lot of cousins, right? And, you know, I love them dearly. Uh, so many of them have come to my show. My drag mom, per se, is my cousin. Oh, wow. Yeah, my older cousin, May, who's three years older than me. And many years ago, I was at one of those children's birthday parties. We were all children as well. And I think I got to her place early. My parents wanted to, like, kiki with the adults and everything. And she had this brilliant idea of, I'm going to dress you up as a girl. And I'm going to pretend that you are my girl cousin, Melissa. <laughs> so I actually went to that party and there's a photo somewhere of me dressed up as cousin Melissa. So when I started drag, actually, I wanted to kind of like call myself cousin Melissa. But it was a very like internal joke kind of thing. So I thought it wouldn't really land. That was actually my first time in drag all those years ago. And something about it felt good even back then. Mm. And I was a kid. I was like, yeah. But then of course, life happened and like people started telling you that no, okay, guys shouldn't wear yeah, skirts. Yeah, to behave. You and, shouldn't yeah. wear makeup. This is not proper. This is not proper not dressing. Proper. Just properly, okay. <laughs> Let's stand. Yeah, now that I'm talking about it, it kind of really reminds me how pure children are, actually. And, mm. like, you know, you just follow your instincts. Beautiful things can happen. Anyway, fast forward many years later. Jojo Sam Claire. Cousin Melissa became Jojo Sam Claire. My cousins have come to support me and everything. Um, my immediate family, not yet. 
here's the funny thing. like my parents are actually on my Instagram. So I'm pretty sure that they kind of know what's going on. I mean, it's a matter of time before I have that conversation. Like, I would love for them to come watch my show. But I feel like I'm not ready to have that whole conversation. But like, oh, like, you know, why must you dress up as mm. a woman? To educate as them. If, as if that's and... a bad thing. Yeah. <clears throat> in my own little way, I will. It's a, it's, a, it's a slow process. Like we said in the other episode also about 377A that, you know, mindsets take very long to change. Yep. Uh, and I'm not saying that I don't think my parents at this point, you know, I'm already 34. My parents are not going to like say you can or cannot do this. But I think maybe I'm a little bit afraid that, you know, I might still in my in some way, even in pursuing drag and pursuing my art and my craft, that I would somehow like still disappoint them. Uh... And I don't like that because like, you know, I love my parents so much. And I don't mm-hmm. want to like hurt them. And if it means ha- having to have a conversation first before they actually see me in full action, then by all means, yeah. I, will, I will take it slow. Yeah. Like Kylie Minogue. I love it. Cheers. Cheers. We're drinking, by the oh, way, cheers. guys. It's a, it's a boozy recording. Rachel's a foes in the house. Yeah, so we're actually recording this in my new apartment. I have moved out from my family's home. Uh, we're about four months. Okay. Sorry, I had to swallow first. <laughs> means a lot to have you guys over at my house because I could not do this before, yeah. obviously. I live with my very close friend. We actually met in the army and he was the other gay guy through the years we've taken care of each other and it's so nice to be able to live with him and also let this be a place for oh if you guys need lunch or dinner we'll cook for you we'll take care of you so it's almost like a like a community center this house (laughs) has become we've got kennedy back we have to check in on you how have you been since the last time you were on the show (laughs) so i think for me since the last time i've been on the show um the biggest news for me is that i've recently graduated university and i finally started my first full-time job Come on. No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy, Um, as I mentioned on my LinkedIn. Oh my god, I've become one of those LinkedIn people oh now. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> but I did mention on my LinkedIn, it almost felt like I came full circle because uh, when I was growing up in an all-boys school, liking skincare or makeup was very uh, frowned upon. Mm. Now I feel like, damn, I gotta make money from it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like beyond money, it's just it just feels like all these interests and passions are valid. And you don't need to be defined by what people who have a certain idea of masculinity mm. is. You know, every day I go to work and I'm just like, a younger me would have been proud. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And also, one of the reasons why you stepped away from the podcast was because activism can be very tough to navigate at such an early age as well. You know, and you said something then, which I knew you would as well, that you never stop speaking out and using your voice, even when it's not on this podcast. And you certainly have. The official narrative that we give people is that if we have creative differences. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We didn't say that. No, yes. we didn't say that. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. We didn't say that. <laughs> yeah. No, like, like the legitimate reason. No, no, is it's because, because Josh and Kennedy, you know, accidentally slept together one night. And <laughs> accidentally. They were like, yeah. I thought we were going to blame it on the edit. <laughs> <laughs> so it just, it became a bit awkward. La. <clears throat> anyway... Some of you are still fucking like asking me what happened to Kennedy like one year on. And I'm sick and tired of answering this on your behalf. So Kennedy, why do you leave? It really was a very legitimate um, stress I was facing being an advocate for LGBT rights. For myself, I was going through a lot of things personally. And I just didn't feel comfortable being so public about it. To the point where, you know, like, uh, I go down to the bars, for example, and people tell me, like, are you going to run for elections? That kind of thing. And I just, I just, it made me very uncomfortable. Like, that's why in my Instagram bio now reads, not a brand, not a platform, not an activist. It's not because I don't think what activists do is great. I really respect them. You know, on the day of the 377A repeal announcement, I shared a caption with my friend and we said, not an activist. But the disclaimer was that, not an activist only because you don't need that label to speak up for what you believe in as a Singaporean. 
taking some time off the podcast was very valuable. It really allowed me to recenter where I lie on certain things. Oh, I'm going to graduate uni. What kind of job am I going to do? Am I going to go back to consumer goods? Or am mm. I going to go to media? Am I going to... I was, there were so many conversations I had with myself and it was a very scary time and I think that it was quite overwhelming in that period and so that's why I had to leave and it's not because of creative differences. <laughs> And for people that confuse Sam Joe and Kennedy's voice for some reason. Ah, yeah. So I was actually quite relieved that you left because... (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, finally. (laughs) Ever since you left, I've been bumping you a lot. Mm -hmm. For better, for worse. (laughs) I feel like like every time we come together, right, it's like there's a chemical reaction that's like quite unsavory for everyone else. Yes, it's a bit. Because people (laughs) are like, who are these two like flaming queens, right? You know, because I mean, we're clearly not Joshua Stephen. (laughs) So wow. like, no, because we would literally like scream at each other and like, you know, yeah. it'll, be, it'll be it at Rumors Beach Club or it'll be like at Yeah, literally when, road I, when or... I bumped to him, I would just scream, you bitch. Yeah. <laughs> queen, hey queen. Yeah. Like, or something like, yeah. And it's always like fun and I'm actually very thankful that, you know, out of this podcast, you know, I got to know not yeah. just Josh also and, and Rachel. I mean, obviously this podcast is many things, but at the end of the day, I always say it's about, it's, if not for the people, like, you know, why would I be doing this? But, and I really... Mm cherish our friendship I was going to make a point and it's eluding me right now it wasn't well, just to say oh but no but since just to set a record straight there's one way to tell that I am I feel like we've addressed this before there's one way to tell Kennedy's voice apart from mine and it's that Kennedy has a lisp and you know how people follow out a lisp it's for the most gay reason ever you said something right tits off for the because boys no 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 <laughs> <laughs> because I sang the song by our queen Fergie G L A M Oh, R O U F. So the F, the F gave you away. <laughs> you were so close. You made it all the way to the end of the word, and then, and then. No, but it was. We were on this um overseas trip in Australia, in Perth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they eat where. In Perth. Do you, are you sure you don't mean Sydney? <laughs> Oh, birthday? <laughs> Stop. Stop. Oh my god. <laughs> to everyone who feels like Kennedy sounds like Sam Joe, it's wrong. It's Sam Joe sounds like Kennedy. Oh! <laughs> well. <laughs> but you know what? Sam Joe suddenly doesn't sing like Kennedy. Thank God. Oh! Roll the clip. I don't care what you're going to say. The cold never bought me anyway. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> Kennedy recorded himself singing Let It Go when he came out at around at 17, the age he was of 17. 17. Yeah. And it's somewhere on his Instagram if you scroll down. It's iconic. Enough. Iconic is one way to put it. <laughs> um, let's just say Kennedy himself <laughs> liked the post. So read what you will from there. And <laughs> Looking back, it's incredibly gauche. And dr- <laughs> Stop using the word ghost. Stop trying to make ghost a thing. Kennedy has it's not been gonna happen. Like, from the moment you stepped in here today, you've been saying ghost, ghost, ghost. We had lunch, you said ghost. You went to take a shit, you came out, you said ghost. <laughs> by the way, by the way, I'm not sure if y'all remember, but once upon a time we posted an Insta story, we had a podcast meeting at was it Orchard Central? Or, I think so, yeah. Or, uh, what's the other one that's connected to Orchard Central? Two and three. Central. Central. <laughs> 313 three, three, Thumbfest. 
Then we posted a story and we said, like, in this picture, one of us needs to take a shit and then we got people to vote. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the correct answer was Kennedy. <laughs> because right after that photo, he was like, I really need the shit, guys. And he went out the shit. But the funny thing is, most people, and I don't think we shared the results, so we're sharing it with you now. A year most later. People, most people assumed that it was Rachel. <laughs> when you did the shit. Which is my favorite part. And I'm like, you are just fucking sexy. She has nothing like, to do yeah. with anything. <laughs> just, she was just there being her, like, you know, sweet, amazing ally self. And then you go and see, she needs to take a shit. So rude. But anyway, I feel like it's very full circle now because jokes on us. Not only did Kennedy have to take a shit again today and completely, like, you know, just bomb Josh's toilet. I had such a good shit. Thank you very much. I am very offended. This was right after I cooked your meal. <laughs> It wasn't diarrhea, so I, I wouldn't blame your food. What is going on? I don't know. I think the pros- I think the prosecco is hit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's get back. Let's get back. Come on. <clears throat> okay. 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 So yeah, in my own way, I've been, you know, meeting ministers. I've been uh, meeting with the government to raise issues other than 377A. So, you know, while 377A was definitely a first step, the bigger question now is what's next? I'm raising my opinions of what mm. should happen beyond 377A. There's many other things to look at, like media regulations, for example. Um, the Charities Act, which is formerly called the Societies Act. Did you know that actually in the early 2000s, there was a queer group that tried to apply for charity status, but was rejected? Really? Yeah, it was actually in the UN report um, on human rights in Singapore. Um, and I think that's a very significant thing because, you know, if the people who are speaking against us get to have places with um, big donations, such that if you're a registered charity, when you donate, you get your income tax deducted mm. off the amount you donate. And so I think it's a very significant step forward for the LGBT community for groups like Pink Dot, for example. I'm not sure what they have in store or what they have in plan, but I think, you know, being able to have that status as a charity would be very helpful for the cause as a whole. Yeah. It's also symbolic as well because like they call it um, an institution of public character, you see, and the yeah. minister gets to decide what's in the public interest. Mm. And I think that it would be a very significant step forward for the community in terms of community building before talking about other big steps. I will keep speaking up. La. Raising your voice as a Singaporean for me is a very important thing. Speak up. Yeah. And I will always speak up. Yeah, it feels nice as well to have you back on the show, you know, so yeah. feel free to come back anytime if you want to just hop over. I feel like a lot of my opinions are more clearly articulated these days, I think compared to last time. I think last time I was very angry. I think I, I, I really was very angry a lot of times and I, I think a younger me was just seeking vengeance. And I think I think taking time off really helped me to process a lot of thoughts better. Call it what you will, I mean... Some people call it a sabbatical, <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, of sorts. But I think that time away was very necessary for me to ask myself, like, where I stand on issues and how to clearly better articulate them from a more stakeholder perspective. Yeah. I think what it is is that you are growing into your own. And I'm, I don't mean growing up because I, I do think that sometimes people hear that you're young and I, I honestly feel like it's quite a reductive thing to say, oh, someone's young and therefore he's like that. You know, mm. I, I, I think that's actually, age is not everything. Um, in fact, dear Kennedy here, you are, you know, wiser beyond your years in many ways. What's happening is that you entering a different phase in your life and, and learning how to navigate this society yeah. as a gay adult man I think sometimes we tend to think of ourselves as like kids because we still have our parents for example you're still living with your parents and everything I think I was like that for a lot of my 20s even like I don't know I've always had that issue identifying as like a man 
I would saw myself as like a boy. Okay. Even after puberty. Like the kid in you was still very much present. Yeah. For gay men, they call it Peter Pan syndrome. Yeah. In some ways, we were robbed of a childhood. You know, when we have the resources, for example, money, you know, when we have the financial resources to grow into ourselves, to have a life that is under our, more better under our terms. A lot of people are trying to chase back their childhood. So I think I think what you said about boy versus man, it's <laughs> it's really significant. I also felt that way. Elements of society have made it such that I have to play catch up. But I think this year, after taking the time off, you know, I'm a lot more comfortable with saying that I'm a gay man and I'm proud. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I think saying it is just so powerful. Yeah. It's because like you are taking ownership of your own identity. Yeah. You are saying that you're not letting anyone else label you. Now you're saying this is what how I identify and you can call me that. People used to use the term gay boy as a slur almost. I'm the man, you're the boy. And they yeah. use it as a reductive kind of thing. Like right, you don't know right. what you're doing. You're going <clears throat> through a phase. Yeah, you know, this is, you'll grow out of it. Yes. Right? When I graduated, I had this, um, I'm wearing this bracelet right now. It's a rainbow flag bracelet. When I went on stage, when I collected my certificate, I flashed it out. You know, I made a point to flash it out because I started university when people made rape jokes about gay men being sexual predators, you see. And that's why I left the faculty camp. That's how I started university. But I didn't want it to define my university experience. Mm-hmm. I wanted to end it on a high note. Um, Yes, I didn't get the fancy Latin honors <laughs> or whatever. But um, I think at the end of the day, I'm happy I did it on my own terms. You didn't get the cum laude. <laughs> <clears throat> Yes. Yeah. I'm happy I did it on my own terms. And at the end of the day, I feel like me being able to post what I post on LinkedIn. And I literally said, I am a gay man and I'm proud. And I will never feel ashamed for how the bullies back then made me feel. I think that was really something that I'm happy about. That I'm finally in this stage of life where I can say that. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. You know, on the, the whole Peter Pan syndrome thing, it's very much telling with how hard we work. And that was something that you talked about on one of our episodes as well. How hard you had to push yourself when it comes to career to be able to get a house because you don't have those subsidies, you know? And if we do decide to leave the country to get married or adopt a child or to live that life, you know, we would have to have the means, the resources to do so. And therefore we do that. And even going to the gym, you know, the attention to appearance, how you dress and all that all comes from that sense of, I have to be perfect because for so long, I did not feel like I could be in the room. And therefore I now, now that I found other people like me, now that I have my own community, I need to find a way to be the cream of the crop. I need to find a way way to stand out i need to find a way to remind everyone that i deserve to be here mm. you know and, and when you flash your bracelet you know i think some people that don't understand what it's like to be queer they think oh look at him just sort of pushing his agenda look at him just flashing that rainbow flag no one asked right you didn't need to you probably didn't even know what the rainbow flag was it was because you went through a lot of shit so when you graduated and you put that bracelet on it was not just for other people to see like hey i'm proud of who i am after you tried to shame me it's i'm proud of who i am right. and i think it behooves me <laughs> the repeal of 377a it really is not just about oh you gotta have sex legally now it's really not about that it is about opportunities i pushed myself into a certain career because i felt as a gay man it would have made the most sense to be in an mnc to be part of a more liberal global talent pool and that's the decision i made with trade-offs yeah what's more to come it's about expanding opportunities for queer youth such that they don't have to grow up the way that we did they don't have to make limited decisions based on so-called circumstances to quote the late founding father lee kuan yu chase the rainbow some <laughs> no Where? we don't have time for this let's turn to joshua simon right now yeah how, so you, do, how you do it i didn't know we were activists so I think during this whole repeal, 
we have been referred to as Samjo activists, Kennedy activists. Like, we never set out to be activists. I thought this was going to be a podcast where we just talk about Britney Spears. Exactly. <coughs> but somehow we just end up becoming that because with the cards that were dealt with as queer people in Singapore, to even simply hold your partner's hand is political. To do so is a protest already in its own form. It's a protest against how a man should behave, what a couple is supposed to look like, what a family is supposed to look like, Asian values values because there's this belief that queer people or this sexuality is from the west yeah it came from outsider influence right naturally this podcast which began with you know we're just going to be ourselves became a podcast where we can be activists and we unfortunately have had to be activists and um so just a little thing to share because i did share about how excited and happy I was to get in a relationship and and I am very much still very proud of our relationship. I am now unfortunately single. I'm in that period of the waves of all the emotions. Some days I'm angry, some days I'm sad. And the reason why, and I won't go too far into it, just out of respect to him as well, it had to do with this podcast. Hmm. He has never felt comfortable with me being being on this podcast really yeah even though so like he got me this mic that i'm using right now so that was sort of his way of saying i am gonna try though he is still very much on his journey coming into his sexuality and being comfortable with who he is and it's his first relationship as well so it's a lot for him to go for his first relationship into guy doing sg boys podcast yeah and joshua simon no less so it's been tough and I did actually think, okay, um, maybe I could stop this whole activism thing. And I did. I actually called Rachel and I told her about the situation. I was like, I don't know if I can continue with the podcast. I don't know if I should continue talking even about things because it's also tough. I think people think it's easy to sort of just share an article, right? But to sort of even align yourself with what we're doing in the movement here, right? It can be really suffocating at times, even amongst queer people, where we're like, oh, we should do this to achieve this. And then another group will say, oh, no, but then you forgot about this other bit and you have to mention this other bit. So the technicalities of it can be very, very stressful when you try to please everyone and remind each other, okay, we're supposed to be doing good, no, but like, why are we so upset and angry at each other? I was a bit bogged down by that as well, similar to what Kennedy had felt. And I thought, okay, maybe I should just stop the podcast and maybe I'll just focus on other aspects of my life i think i've done enough right and then there was a friday where i was on radio and we were promoting a blood drive and i realized i can't donate my blood and i had to go down to the clinic and still host it and then the person who was working at the clinic was like can i hear from everyone why you're not donating your blood and I just like walked away. I was just like, I can't do this. See, so, y'all don't want my blood lah. So for the people who don't know, um, Singapore still has a law that bans men who have sex with men from donating blood. So effectively, anyone who is gay cannot donate blood. By law, gay men cannot donate blood. And I was very triggered by that incident because I remember prior to the repeal and hearing gay used on radio is, is very rare in Singapore. But the last time I heard the word gay was 
when it was on the news and it was played all over the radio station, all over the country, where a homosexual man is now arrested for donating blood that turned out to be HIV positive. <clears throat> the only time you hear the word homosexual on radio yeah. when it's linked to this. Yeah. So I was very, very affected by that. I did what I had to do and I walked away. And then I came back home and then right after that, I was supposed to go do this panel at Homeground Asia where I'm sat next to the double dads, Cameron and Andre. They've got a kid. And then there's two moms with a kid as well. And then there's Josh in the middle. So we were doing this and we we're all talking about activism and the questions that were asked, you know, like, oh, you know, like, proud of you all for, for, for raising your kids. You know, tell us some of the challenges. You know, what can we do to, to make life easier for you? You know, and I just lost it. I was like, how dare you ask me how, how you all should treat us better? The very fact that these two dads and two moms can sit here with a kid and smile after all the shit that they've gone through to be where they are right now, that one of these parents is not recognized as a parent and you're smiling and asking us like, how better can we treat y'all? Like, I should not be providing you with these answers. And I just like completely lost it, right? And obviously that was not the intention of this publication by asking these questions. Like, I just kind of lost it at that point. I took it as I don't think I can ever stop doing what I do. I just cannot. So I had a conversation with my partner and he completely understood and we decided to end the relationship. We very much love and care for each other and it was a very beautiful moment where we decided to let each other go. So right now we're kind of in a period where we're both healing. So that's where I am now. Speaking of healing, I also got um, a massive tattoo. <laughs> um, I've decided to tattoo my entire chest and my torso across my nipples as well. Everything is super painful. And in the tradition of mass singer, take it up, <laughs> well, take it up. And that's sort or, of... Or as Kennedy would say, tits out for the boys, oh, okay. tits out for the boys. <laughs> and I'm doing this because I think I'm at that place right now at the age of 32 where I really just want to take charge of my body but also not care about it so much because it's just a body. Because our bodies have been policed so much. Mm. So far, I've had tattoos of like cute little things. Like, oh, my favorite film. I've got this drawing here and there. But this one, it's an armor that's also designed to be like a Rorschach. And a Rorschach is a German psychological test where, you know, it's always like, what do you see? Do you see an angel? Do you see a bat? Do you see a demon? My body has been that way and I want my body to be that way. I want that to be my armor. My body's whatever you want it to wow. be, you know? So it's going to hurt. I've gone for the first session so far, so it's just the outline, and then everything is going to be inked up. We're going to add a lot of details, some scratches, you know, some web, spider web around. So it's going to be quite an elaborate piece that I'm just doing to sort of mark my metamorphosis era that I've entered. Right. <laughs> welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Hillary Duff. <laughs> I was just going to say, because as we we're recording this yeah. episode, it started raining outside. Let the rain I would, Let's go I, back. Wait, he knows this song. Back to the beginning. Yeah, yeah he knows Hillary Duff. Yeah. He knows. But Josh, I'm so happy for you. So I, you. I know it's been a rough um, couple of months and a lot of people also have been asking me like, you know, why you're not recording and everything. I'm like, true be told, we've both been quite busy and also, you know, you've had like major changes in your yeah. life. Um, so have I and I know that you also started. By the way, congratulations on your morning show. Thank you. Yeah. So I host the morning show now. Yeah. 
I wake up at 4 and I sleep at 9.30pm and we usually would record our episodes at night so there's still that conversation of how we're gonna make this um, podcast work but we care deeply about this podcast and we know many of you do as well it plays a role in queer culture at least in Singapore and and also actually around the world like we've been getting like all these like notifications that people are listening from Cambodia from Argentina from Brazil Australians are listening to our podcast as well maybe there are Singaporeans who left Singapore yes you know I know some friends who are like that like, exactly you know, who live in Adelaide for instance and really miss that little piece of home and yeah, they, yeah and they get a little bit homesick and to hear our um, Singaporean accents I mean it's a very <laughs> <laughs> you know it's Singapore when you hear it yeah. right so yeah. yeah if it makes you feel more at home then um, just so you know we're here for y'all as well and this is as much your podcast as it is ours yes if you have we've always been very receptive to ideas you know if you think that you want to come on a podcast or you feel like you have a story to share you feel like someone else has a story please let us know absolutely just DM yeah. us right hit us up on our Instagram page at the SG Boys we're gonna do our best to keep this podcast going we hope you understand if it may take a little bit longer for an episode to drop uh, we hope that we'll get Kennedy on more often because I think in this episode and the previous episode with the return of Kennedy I think it's very clear the contribution that he brings not just to this podcast but to where we are right now in Singapore I'm Joshua Simon I'm Sam Joe and we are the The SG Boys. Boys that little gay podcast from Singapore Subscribe and find us on Instagram at The SG Boys. The beliefs, views, and opinions expressed on this podcast are attributable to its hosts only and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, organization, company, or individual.